Well, hello, trail friends, and welcome back to the Peak to Peak podcast. Thanks for joining us again today. Today is officially episode one, and I say officially because this is the second time we're recording this. Uh, we've made some blunders, specifically me. Uh, my phone ran out of memory while I was recording, so I had no video, and uh, we're just trying to clean some things up. As you can tell behind me, we got a little bit different background. Sean does as well. Um, we like books now, apparently. That's the thing. Anyway, this one's going to have a lot of stuff going on today, so let's jump into it. I'm joined, my name is James, by the way. I'm joined, as always, by my friend, my co-race director of Second Wind Trail Running. His name is Sean. Sean, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. You had a baby. I had a baby. Well, not me specifically. Uh, my wife yeah, did. Yeah, that would be weird. Uh, yeah, and uh, it's my second one. He came on uh, May 16th. It's Pace Barrett Chidersky. And uh, he is roughly healthy. We've had a couple scares. We took him to Seattle Children's Hospital emergency room at like midnight because he was just having some weird breathing stuff. And we got the recommendation from a, a nurse friend who deals specifically with infants that uh, she recommended we take him in. So we did. They couldn't find anything wrong with him. A couple days later, uh, I was out of the house with our older son trying to uh, give my wife some breathing room, and uh, she ended up having to call 911. Paramedics came and really couldn't find anything wrong with him either. So we've seen three or four doctors uh, from the time he was born till now, about two weeks later, actually two weeks to the day, because it's Saturday night. And um, they can't find anything wrong with him. They think his breathing is a little bit funny, but for the most part, it is what it is. And uh, they said, just keep an eye on it. So that's been a wild ride. But, uh, so he was born May 16th and then my other son turned three the week after. So they'll be seven days apart for the rest of their lives. Nice uh, work, buddy. Yeah, man. Nice work. The family's expanding. Consistency is key. That's right. And you got another one coming in July, right? Yeah, we'll talk about it when that podcast comes. There you go. I know. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, namely, we, so this is episode one. We're going to be going over virtual races and we're going to be talking about canceled races uh, from the race, or from the perspective, excuse me, of a race director, uh, I think it's important. I think a lot of people can see how things are unfolding with COVID nineteen and all the races getting shut down, everything getting shut down uh, from a racer's perspective. But I think we have a little bit of insight that I think could give you some perspective and help quell some of those uneasy feelings and uh, give you a little bit of empathy for the race directors. Um, but of course, we've got. More exciting news, and uh, we're going to announce it here right now because we have it has some relevance to talk about. Yes, What's this? Sean is, uh, of course, demoing the the logo. If you recognize that logo on his hat, that is the Pinnacle Endurance uh, Company logo. They put on five races in the San Diego area. We've got the Old West 50K Marathon, Half Marathon. We've got the Peak 50K Marathon and Half Marathon. We've got ABC 50, the Anzo Borrego Cuyamaca 50 miler, uh, the PCT 50, which is one of the oldest, if not the oldest 50 miler in the country. And then we have, what's the last one? Help me out. I'm missing it. Bro. It's our favorite, the Aura Flame 50K. Oh, the Aura Flame 50K. There you go. That's right. Gosh. So. Uh, Actually, I wanted to point out that the JFK 50K was started in 1963. So I looked up to see what how ours would stack up, and it's I think ours has started in 19, 
the first one was 1980 or 1979, and there's been 40 years of running, but they have us by like 1963. This is the JFK, JFK 50 JFK mile? JFK 50. That's okay. what they say. Yep. All right. Well, you sons of guns, we're coming for you. We're going to shut your race down so we can be the... Just kidding. Just kidding. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> virtual race. Make uh, it a virtual race. It's already shut down anyway, right? Um, yeah, so... If, if you haven't figured it out yet, we we have purchased Pinnacle Endurance. We have purchased the rights to those five races. So uh, John Martinez and Vito Labella is going to be processing that with us. We're going to be kind of doing a tandem for the next year where uh, we're going to do one iteration of each of the five races together. So four race directors challenging one race. It's going to be a wild ride. And uh, they're going to help us through the logistics, make sure we understand everything. They're being very gracious about everything, uh, introductions, logistics, whatever we need. And then uh, the following year, it's going to be all on us to make them happen. So if you love those races, stick around for one last year. And uh, if you if you wanted to do those and haven't yet, we're <laughs> going to have a fun new take on them. And if you have done them before, wanted a fresh look at them, wanted some things changed about them, we might just be your guys. Maybe you guys can can come hang out with us for one of these races. Yeah, I think uh, it's important to mention that these races uh, we're going to be, even though we're taking, we're not exactly taking them over this year. They are our races. We will be directing them. We are putting our own spin on it. The things that we value as far as like uh, high quality um, experience. So you know, not that those haven't been in the past, but we're taking. Uh, a legacy minimalist running series um, that produces, uh, has done really, really well, has great scenery, great um, production value. And we're going to basically try and take what we've seen that we like also from the industry, things we did at like uh, the ranch, you know, and just kind of try and take what's already been really, really good and just adds a little bit of extra value to the runner, give them some swag that they want that makes them look good better hats better shirts better awards better medals and by better i just mean we're going to try to do better not that necessarily it hasn't been at a level but we're just going to pull out all the stops and uh we're here to make you guys have awesome races so 2021 season is going to be 100 percent us though so we expect to do anything we can for everybody and uh we've been having a little bit of issues with just uh the peak well, you want to talk about the peak? Yeah. Um, so the reason we're singling out the peak is uh, we have decided as of today that we officially announced we're going to need to cancel the peak that was scheduled for July 18th. Is that correct? Was the original yep. the original yeah, July date? 18th was the day. Yep. yep. And uh, we have been working with the officials uh, for permitting and with the, the local agencies that allow us to do those things. And Basically, what it came down to was uh, we just weren't going to be able to provide the experience that we wanted. You know, I, I think runners are used to a certain level of quality and a certain racing experience, and we were going to have to have people wear masks, and we were going to have to have a rolling start, and not everything happening at, at once. And there was just a lot of stuff that go that went into it. The other thing too is is that uh, they had already pulled our permit request, and we're not going to allow requests uh, or would think about doing requests sometime in the month of June. And so for us to turn on a dime and put a, a full quality race together in just a handful of days um, isn't what you guys would want, isn't safe for our, our volunteers, isn't safe for the runners. And it just came down to us uh, trying to figure out a way to, 
to um, take care of runners and most importantly volunteers. I mean, I know that we always want to put the athletes first, but if it aren't for the volunteers that come and serve on their own time, we're just uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna put them through a hassle of uh, a half put together race. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that dovetails pretty nicely into canceled races, which is our first main topic of the day. And I think we'll probably use the peak as our example um, of how things are affected throughout, because I think it's a really fresh example for us. And it's really, really clear and easy uh, to help you guys understand exactly what's going on. So, of course, let's start broad. Let's uh, let's talk about why. Why are races being canceled, my friend? So there's three three main reasons. One is uh, COVID-19 and the the safety precautions put on by the different state governments. I mean, right now, Bryce Canyon is putting on their event. They've gotten permission, the permitting. They're in a different phase of release, and they've got a, a plan put together um, that they hope to be successful. We'll all be kind of watching them this weekend to see that large production put together. Um, so there's COVID-19, and there's the state and the and the California, you know, for us, it's California Parks and the U.S. Forest Services permitting. The second thing is, is that most people right now are taking it cautious. They're not involved. You won't have the volunteers. You won't have the runners. Um, and so that's one thing. The other thing to consider, too, is, is that with everything that goes on in a production of a race, sometimes a race director can't get the finances and the, and the means necessary to ensure that a race is put on successfully and safely. So there's lots of different variables. Uh, for us, the peak, it was we, we lost our permitting. And we couldn't turn it around on a dime safely. So we had a safety issue and a permitting issue when it came to our particular race. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's kind of the next question is like what goes into the decision to cancel uh, a race. And then I, I think the other side of that is to postpone a race. You know, uh, for the peak, we thought it, it made the most sense to just up and cancel it. Um, with what we've been doing with Pinnacle Endurance and, and their races, uh, they had prior to our purchase, they had decided to postpone the PCT 50 as well as Oriflame. Uh, so PCT 50 is now currently scheduled for September 5th and Oriflame, which is happening, which is happening. Uh, (laughs) we have a lot of green lights. We've been talking with the officials, like Sean was saying with the peak, uh, it just came down to, they pulled our permit and we would have had probably seven weeks at the most if, if everything went ideally, to, to pull off all of the logistics to get the racing um, equipment, to get all of our, our swag, all of whatever needed to be there, um, as well as volunteers and, and coordination of all that stuff. And it was just not going to end up being a quality race and not something we would have been proud to stand behind. And uh, so that's why we ended up canceling that one. But um, with ABC, or I'm sorry, with PCT 50, and uh, with Oriflame, which I believe is now scheduled for October 17th. Does that sound right to it's you? It's close to that. It's like Whatever that Saturday is right around there. Um, they decided prior to us purchasing uh, John and Vito, and we fully support that decision, by the way, now that we've jumped on board and are working collectively with them uh, to postpone those two races. We got a lot of good feedback from the people we're working with for the PCT 50, which is our next official race coming up September 5th. And it is... Everything looks great. Um, so what happened was when they had the original race scheduled, they had it filled up. It's supposed to be 150 spots. I think they had a few more official registrants because they know a few people are going to drop out. So their permit allows for 150 runners on race day. 
Um, so because of that attrition, they probably had like 160, 165. And uh, when they had to postpone it, about 50 of those runners uh, did not choose to roll over to the rescheduled date. And they either chose to get rolled into a different race or chose to get refunded. And uh, so now we have about 50 slots that we're going to be opening up. I don't think we've officially announced that yet, but uh, within the next week or so, probably within the next week, uh, we will be opening that back up on a first come first serve basis. We'll announce when the time is going to go live. And then uh, whoever gets there first can, can be one of those 50 or so people that, that gets a spot for that September 5th PCT 50. And the 40th running of the PCT 50. That's right. The 40th edition. Uh, we got some cool sh- uh, special shirts made up, special logos for that. I think it's going to be a pretty good time. And um, barring some kind of catastrophe, everything's going to go. It's going to go smooth. There's no catastrophes. It's going to go smooth. It's happening. We're doing it. Bro. It's happening. Yeah. So um, so why would someone postpone a race versus cancel it? What what would allow them to make that decision that they think would be a smart idea to postpone? It's the same thing on why you cancel a race. I, in, in my opinion, it's you look at uh, whether or not you could put the race together safely, effectively. Whether you'll have the volunteers. Um, you know, the other thing too is, is uh, like for us, we got to look into catering, right? We like to, we bring in a, a kombucha stand, we bring in food, we bring in volunteers, we get volunteer swag. I mean, last time we had swag and, and we ended up forgetting to hand it all out. So we've been trying to get that merchandise out there to our volunteers, but you got volunteer shirts, volunteer pins, you've got, uh, you know, shirts for the runners, hats for the runners, medals for the runners, awards for the runners. I know that Eric with uh, Elevation Culture has just been on a grind right now uh, by himself. And then I think Victor has been helping him out. It's another uh, guy that works for him. But uh, they've just been cranking out medals all the time, working their hardest. You're getting all these, especially the virtual races. I mean, he's produced probably all the virtual race medals out there and just by himself, you know, normally when he has a crew of six or seven. So now you're looking at whether or not you can even get the merchandise to put on your race, to put on the event, to have those medals, to have those awards that you guys have trained, or the runners have trained and worked hard for. So it really comes down to permitting, safety, and whether or not you can put a high quality value production together or not. Yeah. So I think that that transitions pretty well. Um, I, as a runner, you think, oh, my race got canceled or my race got postponed and I'm not going to be able to run the race, so I want a refund. Uh, you would assume as a runner, oh, just give me all my money back. The race never happened. I paid $110. You can keep the tax or you can keep the processing fees that Ultra Sign Up took, but you know, I should get all my money back, right? T- turns out it's not really the case. Um, I would have thought that as well from my perspective. I didn't really understand all the stuff that goes into that, but a lot of times you'll see um, no refunds on certain companies' websites about uh, races like this. And sometimes you'll see um, after a certain date, there will be no refunds. I believe that's roughly what we have. Um, I think it's like 30 days. Yeah, within after 30 you days register. of the race, we, we offer a zero, zero refund. Because at that point, in a, as a race director, you've pretty much, if you're doing your job right, you've pretty much already obligated all the money that's needed for the race. And you've got to also consider that, you know, where James and I, we both have jobs and we uh, we don't we do this as a as a passion hobby. Um, we like to make money on it because it allows us the the capital for the next year and the next race. Uh, we got a ten thousand dollar bridge we're trying to fix in Daily Ranch to route the race a particular way. Um, we want to give money to surf so that they can use that as money to help out runners. And so all this 
cash that gets thrown around and you think that races you know, all these races are making so much money off these races it's like it's not actually the case a lot of times and even if um you know you have one two three races typically those races pretty much pay for themselves and support the next year and uh you know as if your whole primary source of income is being a race director then you have an issue when all of your races start getting canceled yeah absolutely and um you know, I, let's say you're trying to be a nice person. You're trying to uh, help out that race director and you say, well, I won't take my money back, but what I'll just defer till next year. And you think as a runner, you know, no big deal, no loss on that. But let's say, for example, PCT 50, right? We have a, a certain number of runners that we're allowed to run. Our permit only allocates for 150 runners, right? And uh, if we roll over 100 of our runners from this year in a next year's race, uh, that's now we only have 50 spots that will be generating revenue for us, right? Because those people have already paid up their money for this year's race. And when they get into next year's race, none of their money will be coming in for that. So let's say we have a budget where we say 80% of our revenue, right? Total money made is going to go towards expenses. And the rest of the other 20% is the amount that we're going to get. That's going to be allocated towards future things, towards improving the company, towards, uh, general things like maybe buying like a finish line banner, buying a podium, things that aren't necessarily specific to that race um, that we just want to use to improve the experience for those runners, right? Whatever it is, wherever that money ends up going, doesn't really matter. But the point is, you know, you take away two thirds of the revenue for that race. And now you're working on very, very little to try to make that race happen. So even there, even the deferrals um, have a significant financial impact on those races, and our races are a little bit different. When taking on the Pinnacle Endurance race, we we took on the races at at a at a flat zero based off of the the very generous uh, compensation plan that that we're working on with Pinnacle. But so we're paying for the race out of our own pocket based off of the revenue of the runners coming in starting now. So you know, for us, it's like it's okay for another race. You can look at the perspective of of hunter runners sign up. 100 runners get deferred, they could just take that money and drag it to another area. For us, that's not the case. But even that specifically, it's like, okay, rate of inflation, you have that money, that money is, okay, uh, this This person needs this, and you're taking care of these different things, and you got to buy new tents, you got to buy new bottles, and new Gatorades uh, containers, or five-gallon drum containers, and then now you're like, okay, well, last year we we sprayed everybody down with the spray bottle when they came in. So let's get five more for our different aid stations. And for us, you know, we've got our own race series that we're building for that. We're building this year for next year. So we've got, you know, four or five different races. One's a 10 miler, one's two or 50 milers, one's a 50 miler, excuse me. One's a hundred miler, one's a hundred K 50 K and one's a night half marathon. And so all of that for us is we're looking at these new races that we're bringing on, the new races, the new experiences, the everything coming together so that the runners have an awesome run experience. And when you defer – like for me, when I talked to – when I dropped out of the San Diego 100 or the San Diego 100 got canceled, I basically said take my money. And this is just because I was in this position. And if you're not in that position, that's fine. But I basically said I'm going to repay next year. Because I want to re, I want to do it. I want to add value to that race, and they're very good people, and they're great with their money, and I'm sure that they're not going to try and let me pay. But at the end, I'm going to find a way to pay them because 
when you have an experience like they did, which is pretty much the reason that I started, uh, I jumped on board with James for second win is this incredible race experience that I got to have last year, even getting cut at the 48 mile and, um, you know, wanting to come back, wanting to be a part of that community, wanting to be a part of the culture. And so that's hopefully what we're creating for everybody. But, you know, when if you have the chance, if you can afford it, and you know that those and you know the heartbeat of the race directors and the organization that puts it on and you have the ability to give to that i would do that like uh you have some uh, uh a racer that you follow that you bought some stuff off his website right james yeah absolutely um that's kind of one of the things that sean and i have brainstormed back and forth uh ways to support a race director we'll get into virtual racing later that's one of the the hot topics that is cropped up over uh, the covid 19 pandemic and quarantine but um, one cool thing that, that Gary Robbins and, uh, Jeff Langford over at Coast Mountain Trail Running did, uh, they're up in Canada, Vancouver, BC area is, uh, they had a big backstock of stuff. They have, uh, company logoed shirts. They have old shirts and hats and, um, buffs from their old races. And they said, this stuff is just sitting around. You know, if you have some extra money, like Sean's saying, don't, don't, strain your financial situation. But if you do have some extra money, you value what these guys do for the community. You value the experience that you've had going to their races and meeting people and, and what it's done for you and your running, um, find a way to support them. So they made a, they called it like a race event on their website, but basically what it was was a merchandise store that they opened up with their old merchandise. And I, I saw that and I've never actually run one of the coast mountain, uh, races before, but I know what they're about. I know those people and I know that their hearts are definitely in the right place. And I said, you know, I've got 30, 45 bucks and it was actually in Canadian. So when I went to check out, I realized it only cost me like 28 bucks instead of 35 <laughs> bucks or something like that. And I was like, Oh, maybe I should have got some more. But, um, you know, I said, I'll, I'll buy a shirt with your logo on it. I'll buy a, a buff with your logo on it. Cause I believe in what you guys are doing. And I know that from my perspective, I know exactly what's going on with races and I know how hard it is right now. So to throw you guys some extra money to keep that cash flow um, as smooth as it, it needs to be for this to continue to persist, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to do that. I think a lot of people right now are, are worried. I think based on what we've heard in the community, and uh, Sean, you, you might be able to have some additional insight because I think you're a little bit more ingrained with the community than I am. Um, I think there's a lot of people that are worried and I think there's a lot of people who know race directors who know kind of the inside of some of these races. And they think there's a good chance that a lot of these races might not be coming back after this because it's just going to be too much for these, these race directors to, to try to keep these races going. Yeah. One of the other ways, which is kind of the topic that I'll transition into is the virtual race, man. And the virtual race to me is a trend right now. So there was a period in time when uh, virtual races were like kind of like the 5k, and the 10K and the challenge races that you'd find on Facebook. And they were really dorky and they didn't really serve a purpose. They were uh, solely built upon the idea that they were there to make money off of people's convenience. So you ran whenever you wanted to. You put that that information up and it was you got a medal and maybe a t-shirt, which it is not inherently bad in itself. It's just I feel like right now we're starting to see um, – you know, the ultra community or the trail community is trying to use that as a staple to one, help uh, accomplish the training that people have gone through. But also, you know, it's also being used as an opportunity 
for race directors to keep themselves afloat so that they could continue to put on those races. One of the big races, like here's an example of how when a, when a race director takes a race from being a real race to a virtual race with no kind of compensation for the runners at all and just, hey, he, you're, sorry, we're going virtual. Um, a great example is the Boston Marathon. The Boston Marathon's not offering any refunds to the people who want to run the iconic race in its iconic place. And I think it's a, you know, th there's millions of dollars that, that must go into that race and the production and the value. And I'm not saying that the profit's there, but as a runner, for me, if I was planning to run the Boston Marathon and I had, I had worked hard and trained to run the Boston Marathon and it got turned into a virtual race for me, you know, for me, I would feel um, like I had been cheated out as something that I worked very hard for. And so for me to watch a race like that happen like that, I think it's um, I think it's an abuse of, of the idea of the virtual race. I think the virtual race is meant to be a staple to get um, for us in the ultra community is or the trail community is for us to get those race directors who live off of that kind of income, whether they're a trail runner, an elite runner that has a race company or if they're just a race director that's the money that they're trying to make so that they can continue to live until next year or when COVID-19 gets done and they can begin to put on the races in the fashion that they always have that you expect from them that is a great product. But, um, you know, just like I'm not even against you trying to just put on a virtual race to make money sake for the virtual race. I think it's a little dorky, but when you are, when you are, taking away an experience from someone because you don't want to give them back their money. I just don't agree with that. Yeah. And I mean, like we've talked about, I, I mean, I, I think we've been over it pretty, pretty extensively, but there's a lot of reasons why that would become the best possible outcome for one of these races. Um, and, and you just don't know what all has gone into it. You don't know the finances of the race. So it's really hard to make a judgment call on that. But from the outside, if it's not transparent to you, it's it's pretty pretty difficult to to take one of those races, especially a race that didn't used to exist, uh, or I mean, it did exist that didn't used to be a virtual race, and just say, well, we're kind of throwing our hands up at this. You know, maybe we'll have a table where at the end of of the day you can swing by. It'll be in a parking lot, and you can grab your uh, you can grab that shirt for the race. But we're not going to hold the race. We're not going to do anything special for the race. You can throw it up on Strava with a hashtag of the name of the race or something like that. But, um, it is, it is hard to see, you know, and I, I think it, it kind of sucks, but it's the way that it's the way that things are, are going to have to go. Um, you know, and Sean, you mentioned it a little bit, but I think if you, you can break that down into two different parts, like we were talking about the, the races that weren't virtual, that they just decided to make virtual, it's kind of weird. Um, and then there's the more specific races that have come to be exclusively as a virtual race. You know, I, I think there is some value in it and it really, it, it becomes a little bit more of a gray area where it depends on how it's being presented and, and what kinds of things it's trying to do. Um, you know, I, I think there's value certainly in saying a portion of the proceeds are going to go to COVID-19 relief or some other organization like food banks or, um, shelters or, um, wh whatever else it, it might be financial aid for families that are struggling. Um, I think there's some value there. I think using your platform, um, air Viper running is obviously a huge, big name in the community and, and they're well known. And 
Um, so for them to, to be able to put something on the table and say, you know, some of what we're doing is going to go towards um, a good cause, you know, they can use that platform yeah. for good. But uh, on the other side of it, there are some of these races where like literally all they're doing is just saying, you know, we're in this together and do a virtual race because you got pent up frustration that your race got canceled and you have uh, you have an empty spot on your calendar that you put a lot of training into that isn't going to, and it isn't going to culminate in a race. Now, um, you can pay us an extra $45 and we'll send you a medal and say, good job on your, your time trial basically. And I feel like that, yeah, I mean, that's a hard one. Go ahead. We have a local guy, uh, Matt Whalen. Um, and he ran, uh, one, he ran a hundred miles. I think it was like a 22, 23 hours. Um, it, he had a loop that he ran and he raised $10,000 for the San Diego food bank. Yeah. That's super cool, right? And that's like he didn't even he didn't even try to make a race. He just said, "Hey, I've got a skill set. I'm trying to make something happen, right? And I I know there's some good that can come out of this." He has some name recognition. He has some some pull in the community. And what he's saying is, you know, I'm I'm going to do some good with the skill set that I have. That's awesome, right? He didn't did he make a race or did he just say, "I'm doing this. Come support it." He, he just did the race. Uh, it was a, a loop race. Okay. So, so he didn't like have anyone else do it. He didn't have people sign up for it. He just said, donate. Nope. And I'm, this is why I'm running. Yeah. Yep. That's super cool. I'm all about something like that. Um, and that is a, a little bit away from virtual racing, but, um, so yeah. So I, I think if you're a runner right now, I think you've got a couple things that you can do, you know, um, be nice to your race directors. Absolutely. Uh, if you have the capital to share, to spread around, you know, let them keep it. Um, a lot of these race directors, it is their only income and they've got families and they've got everything else everyone else has. And it's not to say that you aren't, there aren't a lot of people that are being affected by this. Um, but if you, if you don't have the capital, certainly take your money back and, and get whatever you can back. Um, and we'll try a reload for next year. But, um, Find a good cause. If you don't have a race on the calendar right now, um, keep your training going. Um, I've heard I've heard it recommended, and maybe we can talk a little bit of shop about running and, and training strategies. Um, Sean and I have very different training strategies when it comes to ultra marathons. But uh, as far as if you've got a training schedule going and, and you don't have anything in the works, you know maybe now is a good time to to focus on your weaknesses a little bit. Maybe now is a good time to to back off of heavy mileage and and just kind of recalibrate and say what things am I weak in? What areas could I uh, strengthen? You know, maybe maybe you don't do any strength work. Maybe you don't do any speed work because you hate speed. I know I know a lot of ultra runners really don't like speed work because it hurts in a different way, right? And one of the reasons that we choose these long distances is because we get to go a little bit slower. We get to go for a lot longer, but we get to go a little bit slower. There's not that searing, burning pain in our chest because we're VO2 maxed out, right? Um, that was a, a terrible destruction of the VO2 max. But anyway, um, so maybe back off. Maybe maybe change some things up. Maybe change your training and how you're doing it. Maybe it's a chance to, to just take peace and do a couple easy weeks and realize, remember why you're out there and, and just be glad that you have your health. You know, I think there's a lot of people right now that can just be really glad they have their health, right? Um, man, 
And if you want to run a virtual race, run a virtual race. You know, we're not we're not condemning anyone. For yeah, let it, let race. let us know in the comments section uh, wherever you're. If you're checking this out on YouTube, put a message in the comment. Let us know. Hey, should we put on a virtual race? I mean, we have the opportunity to do so. Uh, we got some swag left over from old country, and we've been talking about potentially putting on a virtual race to raise money for something. Um, one of the things that we uh, originally talked about was using that to get better uh, gear and equipment uh, as our giveaways for some of our races and just use that. But, you know, we thought, well, what if we just give people, like James talked about earlier, something they can train for to get that frustration out and we just make the race fairly, fairly, fairly cheap and um, just enough for the shipping to send you out a medal and a shirt. And, you know, what do you guys think about it? I mean, we're totally open to um, – the feedback of the runners, you know, the beautiful thing about this community is, is that it's not just race directors and runners, uh, in separate categories, helping make separate decisions. You know, we all kind of come together and we create a, a culture and a condition for the sport. You know, I'm always listening to people. I, I get great value out of listening to, um, runners after races, what they like, what they didn't like. Um, I like being at uh, aid stations. I volunteer for almost every race and I'll be out there like, so what do you like about this? What do you like about that? And you watch them and they go, everyone's got their own things. Like some people are like, you can't have an aid station without Pop-Tarts. So um, with that in mind, you know, um, what would you like to see more of? Are you guys ready for races to come back? Do you feel comfortable with races coming back? Um, do, would you feel comfortable running a race? Uh, what if you had to carry a, a mask on you at every race when you're going through the aid stations? That was one of the, the limitations that we had is that we were going to have to have uh, all runners have some kind of mask or buff, which we were in the works on producing um, for every runner in the race so that they could pull a mask up and go through their aid station. They couldn't really stop. And, you know, uh, do you feel comfortable with that? Is that is that good enough for you? Yeah. Absolutely. So I know we're we're in a little bit of a flux, but maybe between the two of us, we can come up with our current race schedule as it is this day, May 30th at 9.50 p.m. West Coast time. Uh, because I think, like you mentioned, you know, I, I think there's a lot of people who are looking for, for races to come up and, and we do have intentions. Um, one of the things that I think we can blanket statement for all of uh, future races that we have minus the PCT 50, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but, uh, ultra sign up right now. We have a few races open. We have Oriflame open. We have root, which is a new race. We have not officially launched, but it is open. We've got a couple signups on that one. Um, and, uh, why don't we just talk about root real quick? Let's, let's break down root. Root is a new race. It's a 5k. Um, and it's, uh, we have a 5k option. Root was originally designed one of the best um, when, when I first got started, I, I ran um, I ran a, a marathon that was called the You Can Do It Marathon. And I've run the Last Chance Marathon up in Bel uh, in the Bellingham area uh, in Washington, and and the whole point of that race is it's just one last chance to get your marathon, your half marathon, or your 50k. Or in our case, we're putting on a 5k inside of our race, but it's a 12 and 24 hours for you to get as many laps in as you want. Um, and just accomplish the goals that you set out for the year. So for us, um, this is our race. This is our race, our comeback from COVID-19, giving people the opportunity to all that training that they did to leave it on the trail. And for me, I, I've seen these one and two mile loops and I was always like, I would, I would have a hard time doing a one or two mile loop. This is a five mile loop. 
it's around Lake Miramar. They're going to leave the, the, the dam area open. It's a full course and, uh, we'll have a 5k in the kind of like a little bit later in the day. Um, but it's going to be on December 26th. That's right. It's the day after, uh, Christmas. And the reason that we did it that way is because we wanted to make it the last Saturday, the last weekend before the new year. Um, and we couldn't run it on the, the, we were originally going to run it the 31st and the first, and you'd finish on the first around seven o'clock in the morning. Um, but they didn't bite off on that. And that makes sense because it's new year's and you know what happens on new year's. So they have like a, a special closure that day. It's uh, it's not yep. open to the public because they want to do special cleaning stuff that probably some maintenance out there. But but yeah, so uh, Root is officially running out of time is the, the name of it. We abbreviated it to Root. Uh, it's got a pretty dope logo, if I say so myself, if I can use some slang. Uh, SWTrailrunning.com forward slash R-O-O-T. You can check it out. And uh, yeah, 24-hour race, 12-hour race, and a 5K. Uh, obviously, with the 24-hour iteration, you're hoping to complete 20 laps of five miles each for a culminating 100 miles or more, uh, and then the 12-hour getting at least 50 miles, so 10 laps, uh, and then the 5K, trying to set a personal best. We did at one point have a half marathon, but uh, talking with ourselves and talking with some of the people that we trust and respect as as mentors as we move through race directing as we grow and, and learn things is it, it was, was too much it was a little too much yeah we were talking about swag bags and how we were going to be able to differentiate who was getting what and uh making sure start times went off correctly and people were where they needed to be and it was just going to be a wild ride and so maybe that's something once we get comfortable with the race a few years down the road we can add back in but as of now it'll just be a 12 hour 24 hour race with a 5k in the middle of the day um, come check it out yeah, come check it out. There's there'll be two aid stations, one at the start finish line and one about two miles in, I believe, uh, at the Natalie Park area on the north side. You'll be running clockwise. Uh, fun fact: I did not know it was controversial to uh, state that we were running clockwise around the course. We had it pointed out. Um, I am blanking on the name right now, but he's a gentleman I recognized from the Surf Strava Club and uh, pointed it out to me that he always runs counterclockwise and he has a lot of friends who do it as well. And at first I was like, I'm not sure why, why you're telling me this, but I realized he runs it like five times a week and he does like multiple laps. And I was like, okay, if anybody's going to have an opinion about this running out of time, you're running down the clock thematically. It In makes the clockwise sense. direction. Boom. There you go. So, so we'll talk. We maybe. respect your decision. <laughs> We might change it every other year, but I'm not, we're not, no, it's clockwise. Yep. So anyway, uh, two aid stations. And then once you get to that North aid station, there's an option for you to drop off of the paved uh, path around the lake and you'll go down inside of that paved path between the lake and the paved path. There is a dirt trail for the remaining three kilometers, uh, two-ish miles, whatever it is. Um, and it's, it's exactly the same distance. So you can also go up on the top rim. So if you're running around, there is another trail that goes, uh, above the concrete path. So it's, it, it's a little bit of elevation. If you wanted to run the dirt path the whole way, you can, if you want to run the concrete, you can, if you want to run trail and concrete, you can, the distance change is nominal. It doesn't really matter. Do what you want, get your laps in, 
and just have a good time. I mean, we're going to have food there. We're right in the city, so it's going to be a, a – we're just going to do it right. We're going to make sure that it's the experience that you want out of a 12- and 24-hour uh, run, five-mile loop laps, which in my mind seems like a challenge that is mostly mental. But uh, we believe that you guys are the, the toughest mind people out there, so we expect to see a lot of you guys out there. You're darn right. Yeah, so that'd be a, a good hurrah to come back. Um, and of course, we had that put out before we started taking over these races with Pinnacle Endurance. So um, that was going to be our next big bang. But we've got, uh, to get back to the schedule, we've got PCT 50 coming up September 5th. That one, September 5th, that one is locked and loaded and all signs are pointing to green uh, unless when these uh, more relaxed regulations about gatherings um, start to explode the infection rate uh, and we go into another shutdown for some crazy reason, that one should be locked and loaded and ready to roll. And then we'll have Oriflame uh, mid-September and that one um, is that one is still open. It is not taking money. So I, I think I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but just in case I didn't explain it very well, the races on Ultra Sign Up minus PCT fifty are that are open for registration. You will sign up. They will take your card information, but it will not be charged, and you will have your spot reserved in that race, whatever race you end up signing up for. And then once we have the okay and everything's confirmed and, and locked in and we know the race is going to happen, we will be sending out a request via Ultra Sign Up where everyone who has already registered for the race but has not yet paid will be requested to confirm, lock in their registration. Uh, and at that point, they will be charged. Yeah, it's, it's pretty basic. You're just going to you're going to sign up for the race. We'll ask you again when we're sure that the race is going to be put on. And then it'll charge you for money once you say, yep, this is still something I want to do. It's not complicated. It'll be super simple. We've made it easy for you. Just sign up for the race. Get excited about it. Start training. And, uh, yeah, just get out there. Yeah. Did I make that sound really complicated? Was that? You did. Yeah. I was listening. And I was like, <laughs> what is I don't, this guy I, talking about? I think I know what you're talking about, but I might not. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so we've got that. So let's, let's recap the, I've tried this three times now. So let's make this the last one. Uh, PCT 50 or a flame, uh, ABC 50 is December 5th. That one has lots of spots, uh, and is a really cool race. They ran it for the first time last year and now it's our race and they're helping us put it on. Um, that one had sleet last year, so that's going to be a one-off and it will never happen again. Uh, and then right after that, we will have root, uh, 24 hour, 12 hour, 5k. And then Next year, you're back up for the ranch 2021. The ranch, we're opening that up. I believe it's June something, rather. Uh, so that one should be safely available to happen. Um, end of February, mid to end of February, once again. Um, and we have next episode of the Peak to Peak podcast. If you're excited for it, the ranch recap, uh, unless something more pressing or important comes up, more urgent. Uh, the next episode of the Peak to Peak podcast will be Sean and I breaking down all of the good and the bad and the ugly and the delicious and the delayed of what happened in the first running of the ranch. And uh, we'll be talking about it in depth so you guys understand where we're coming from, what we want to do to improve it, and uh, how things are going to 
stay good, get good, be good, all of the above. But for now, my friend, do you have anything else that you want to tell our friends? Nope. That's it. That's hey guys, it get now. out there. Uh, check us out on YouTube. We also have uh, we're on uh, iTunes, I believe now. Uh, what else are we on, James? We're, we're on, on uh, Sound SoundCloud. All the major platforms. Yeah, we're on um, Android, G Play Store, um, iTunes. We're on Overcast. We're on Spotify. Every, everywhere you look for podcasts, go go to everything. Subscribe to everything. Um, and the reason we say that is because we're trying to build a platform up. Um, we're looking to bring in more sponsors for our races so that we have more free handouts. Um, we'll be giving away at a random random draws. Um, but uh, ranch uh, ranch we're excited about. We got a uh, man. Just uh, you know, keep keep getting out there and keep grinding from peak to peak. Grind from peak to peak. There you go, buddy. All right, man. See you next time, trail friends. <laughs>